0: Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Hey friends, what's up? Emily Sanchez here. I'm so happy you're listening today. Today's podcast is a little bit different. It is a speech that I gave at the Women of Wonder annual banquet, the Women of Wonder are a Latina organization who are business owners and influence influencers in Arizona, and they asked me to speak, and I felt super honored to be uh, the keynote speaker. The other speakers there were the CEO of the Hispanic uh, Chamber of Commerce, and there was the Arizona State Treasurer, um, Kimberly Yee. So I just felt really honored. It was a great time, great food, great company. And hey, I liked the speech that I gave. You're going to notice that <laughs> there's clanking and noise, and it's a little bit hard to listen to, but I encourage you to do so. Um, I really felt inspired when I thought about this talk, and I give four things that you can do to keep your attitude at that nevertheless attitude. If you want to know a little bit more about nevertheless attitude, go back listen to my Nevertheless Attitude podcast. So it has just a teeny bit of that, but I throw in some more things that can keep your attitude super steady to help you achieve your goals. Okay, people? So be patient with me. I will try to edit out the background noise, but here you go. Enjoy. Have a beautiful day. So much, and you know, I actually feel very comfortable in this audience of Latinas. I am one fourth Mexican. Okay. So what that basically means is my grandfather was born in Mexico. He's English, but for the first ten years of my life, I thought my dad was Mexican, and I remember thinking, you know, I was on the playground, and my dad had dark skin and dark hair, and I would tell everybody, well, I'm part Mexican. My dad's a Mexican. He grew up in northern Mexico with all of his cousins. But I also told my friends in the playground that he was a doctor at one point when <laughs> someone skinned their knee and I thought I knew everything, but he, he's not a doctor. But thank you so much for having me. I feel very comfortable and honored to be a part of this organization that I can speak to you today. And I dug up a book. That my mom who's sitting right there she introduced this book to me when i was a little girl and it's don't you dare give up now one thing in life i know is that there are no guarantees right that's one guarantee in life is that there's no guarantees and this is a story if you have a daughter i highly recommend Uh, this book. So this is a story of Diane Ellingson, and she was an all-American gymnast. She ate, drank, slept gymnastics, all right? From the time she was, I think, 10, she was in gymnastics, and she actually worked at the gym so she could help pay because her parents didn't have money. And so she ended up being a junior Olympian and just this amazing gymnast it was her entire life well you can guess if you look close she's in a wheelchair Uh, the other side of the story is one time she was doing the vault and you know you're running up on the springboard doing the round off and launching up and she did not you know tumble over enough and she landed right on her head and it caused fractures in her neck And it caused her to be a quadriplegic. So she lost the ability completely to function as she always did. And she didn't function as a normal human being, just walking and talking like us. But she had almost supernatural type powers where she was used to flipping around and used to using her body this way. And so her recovery was very, very difficult, as you can imagine. And so it talks in the book a lot about how she would be in traction. And traction is where they they put you in this, you know, kind of metal contraption in the hospital where you have to just lie down and be suspended in the air. And you really can't look at anything. You're just looking down. And she had to do that every day for months. And so just taking away your humanity and it's an amazing story of how one day you know what she has she can't control hardly anything in her life she has people feeding her she can't control the flavor in her food she can't do anything that she used to do so we talk about you know how can you control things in your life and the one thing she had control over was her attitude and there came a day when she decided I am sick of feeling sorry about myself, for myself. I am sick of looking back and mourning what I used to have. Let's take the opportunity to see what I have now and take control of my attitude and start there. So I think, wow, what type of attitude, I'm just going to put this down. (coughs) What type of attitude do you have to have? What type of conviction do you have to have? You know, in the English language, and I think the same for Spanish, there are words called weasel words that take the power right out of a statement. Let me give you an example. I really want to go to prom, but I just burnt my head with the curling iron. So I don't even want to go anymore. Or I really want to start this nonprofit, but I don't know how to go about this. and I don't know. I'm not educated enough. that. So do we see what the weasel word is in that? It's but, Pero, you know. Now, there is the opposite, the power words. What are the power words? A word that can go into the sentence and fill it full of power. So it would be kind of the complete opposite. This is really hard. I'm laying in traction, still. I will go forward. Still, I will choose today what I can, you know, what I can choose, that positive movement. Now, whether whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not, there's an interesting verse in the Bible when he's on the cross, suffering for, you know, the sins of the world, and he says Father, talking to Father in heaven, take this cup from me. Basically, this is hard. I don't want to do this. But the next word is very interesting. It says, nevertheless. Nevertheless, he went forward with his work. And he completed it. I think that word, nevertheless, shows us the type of attitude that Diane had. So I call it the nevertheless attitude. So how can we get that nevertheless attitude? You know, in cognitive behavior therapy, if you've ever been to counseling or know a little bit about psychology, and they do this in the life coaching world too. They'll say, okay, well, your circumstances will bring about the thoughts that you have about your circumstances. Then your thoughts will bring about your feelings. Right? Whatever we think about, and eventually we're going to feel it. And then our feelings will generate our actions, and our actions generate our results. So I was taught that you know, in, in my life coaching school, and, and I'd heard that um, in my psychology major and things like that. But I thought, oh, so we have to wait to change our thoughts to get the feelings we want, to take the action we want. What if we don't feel like it? (laughs) There's a a really awesome uh, person that I follow. It's Mel Robbins. She is a lawyer, and she is a contributor to CNN, and she says, you're never going to feel like it. And so she's come up with the five-second rule. If you've heard of it, five, four, three, two, one, launch, go. (laughs) And so I really think that when we can't, you know, spend that time to change our thoughts, to change the feelings, to change the actions, something amazing happens when we just do it, when we use our attitude and our conviction to just do it, because we're not gonna feel like it. So when we don't feel like this this is really, really hard, nevertheless, I will. I can't do this. Still, I'm gonna move forward and figure something out. Right? So I've thought of four things that really help us with this attitude in life in today's world, more or less. And the first one is we've got to put our blinders on. So what do I mean by that? I, I went to an awesome conference along with uh, some other people here, actually. And uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, if you've heard of him, he's an awesome speaker. And he told us there, it was kind of entrepreneurs and business owners, and he says, You've got to do six to ten posts on all of the social media per day. And I'm thinking, what? What, am I posting my breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Like, I don't want to do that. Nobody cares. You know, but his his point was you post it, and then you put your blinders on, or you put your headphones on. You can't listen to the haters. You cannot care what they think. You have to just go forward. And uh, it's been kind of a motto for me lately. And my mom has always taught me from a young age, guess what? People don't care as much. Now, this can sound bad. But she's like, people don't care as much as you think they might. Like They're not sitting there talking about you. What they're saying is their business. And we're not that special. Don't worry about them. (laughs) We are special, you guys. We're women of wonder. Come on. But my point is, we cannot care what others think to go forward and to have that attitude, we have to just push forward, put our blinders on. And so this morning I thought, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to do something out of my, well, it's not out of my comfort zone anymore because I kind of do it a lot. But I went on a run. I went on a little, not far, three miles. And I thought, I love the music. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a marathon. No, I'm not a marathoner. It was hard for me. But I loved my music. I hadn't heard my music in a long time. And I was like, I want to dance. I want to dance to this music. And so I thought, well, if you don't care what anybody thinks, just do it. And I'm out, you know, by the big streets. And so I just start, you know doing it and and i think i made some people's day i'll just say it say it that way so i had fun doing it so put those blinders on do what you gotta do go forward so my second point is take full responsibility take full accountability in your relationships in your personal life and in your business you know i think the words i'm sorry go so far if my husband says, I'm sorry, I'm like, I, I will do anything for you right now. <laughs> like, those words have power. Because when you can say, you know what, I'm going to take that. It, it's my business. I'm going to take that totally upon my shoulders. Even if it's maybe not something that's hugely for you to be blamed about. But when you can take full responsibility. Now, I am a divorce coach. I coach women that are going through or after divorce, and many, 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 there's no way you could look at them and say, this is your fault at all. However, if we can find those things and say, those things maybe that we did or didn't do, now don't dwell on this, it's just take accountability, okay, I was there, and Diane made the point too, and there, you know, she was always blaming God or blaming this person or this person. No, I was there. I made the move. I did not do a full rotation. I am now paralyzed. When we can do that, man, we have this amazing humility and a huge starting point to keep going and doing. My third point is we've got to get rid of perfection. I have people coming up to me asking, how can I be more efficient with my time? I want to learn better time management. I said, okay, well, you have to stop judging yourself for being inefficient. Let's think about it for a second. Do we judge ourselves? Oh, I did that slow. Oh, I didn't get to this. Oh, I, can't. I didn't do this project well enough. We are our biggest judge. And if we could let go of all of that, how much more time would we have to be efficient? right? How much more time and energy and space in our minds if we could just do that one thing, get rid of perfectionism. There was this study done of a group, this college group, in a ceramics class, and they had to make pots, you know, or whatever, the pottery. And one, uh, one, one group was given the task, okay, you can make as many as you want, just as many as you want, and then we'll grade the final product, you know, for the final. The other group was given the task, you only get one. One. But you get to study, you get to learn, and figure out the best, you know, way to do it and all these things. Now, the, the, the pupils that were able to do the quantity, guess what? They got way better grades than the other people that just did one. Why is that? The group that was doing the quantity didn't worry about the perfection. They're just like, okay, let's bust this out. Let's learn. Let's learn. We learn from our failures. That's how we learn. So that was third point, get rid of perfection. Number fourth point is easy, humor. We need humor. There's been so many studies about what laughing does. It releases endorphins. It is almost like a drug. They they put it side by side with what's released when somebody was taking cocaine. Same synopsis in the brain. Interesting, okay. Wakes you up a little bit. But when we're, especially when we're in a traumatic experience, a very emotional experience, if we can fill our day with some humor, gosh, it makes things light, changes our focus, a little laughter, it goes so far. So those are my four things into helping us with that attitude to just go and do whatever it might be. And before I close, I just wanted to take you back to catechism a little bit. Really, really quick. And this is in the beginning of the Bible. And I know I've brought the Bible out a little bit, but it's a part of my life. And I think it's an interesting correlation. So Genesis 1 is the, the you know, beginning of the earth, the whole creation, right? And you guys can help me if you know. So the very beginning... The very first thing, God divided the light from the darkness, and He saw that it was. Does anybody know good. the word? Good. Good. Yes, it was. He saw that it was good. Okay. Then next, who remembers what's next? He said, there, there, um, Let there be light." Let there be light. She knows her Bible. <laughs> Mom, I'm I'm here because I was uh, telling myself today I can do and things through Christ. Oh, I love it. First time I drive my husband's car Mm today. It's an electric car and I was like, I I learned how to drive it in five minutes. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. And then the second thing in the creation, it's like dividing the waters from the earth and God saw that it was good. good. And then comes the herbs and the yielding, the flowers and the grasses and God saw that it was Good. good. Then comes the animals, you know, and and then he lists some the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, the fishes and the waters, and God saw that it was good. good, And then he divides the light from the darkness, but calls the moon and the sun and the stars, and he saw that it was good. And he keeps going, you guys see where I'm going with this, and then he creates Adam. And then he takes from Adam a rib, and he creates Eve. And guess what he says after that if you want to check it. Out. God saw that it was very good. There is something different about the wonder of a woman. There is something in completion to a woman. And I just want to tell you that with all the energy in my heart, that we are the ones that complete the story. We are the ones, we are the only ones that can go and do the things we need to do with that nevertheless attitude. That if we don't, we're not gonna feel like it, but we've gotta keep going still, nevertheless, go forward. So that's my message to you today with whatever it might be that you're thinking and debating about doing, don't worry about the how, just go and do it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe and as always, make it a great day.